Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to our podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith B. This is episode 23 of the F Your Feelings podcast, a statement that's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between. Uh, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, I, I wish I knew more, like I, I could have a resume up, I could give a proper introduction, but I don't think nobody could do it better than, than herself. Um, we call her EBZ, but I'll let her introduce herself. Ma'am, go ahead and give a, a quick spiel on uh, who you are and, and why you're here tonight to, to join with us. I'm Ebony Simone. Um, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, I'm on here because Mike told me I had to be here. I don't know. Okay, bet, bet. At least you kept it 100. <laughs> kept it 100. Yeah. So, now we appreciate you jumping on the show tonight. No, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, we try to have different uh, people jump on the show, give a different perspective, especially um, uh, women, uh, black women at that, right? You know, to, to give a, a different perspective on the tomfoolery and somewhat serious topics that, that we bring up. But um, besides that, I got my brothers here, uh, Low and Mike. Um, unfortunately, uh, Dave is having some technical difficulties. Um, we believe he is under attack by AI. So please send out a prayer for Brother Dave. As he, uh, all that shit last time. Right. <laughs> as he gets his situation together with, with, with what he got going on technology-wise. Oh, man. A um, lot to talk about. Uh, we could jump all over the place, but everybody knows what we got to start off talking about. Um the Montgomery Alabama. Yeah, dude. Like it's it's I mean the, the the memes, the gifs, like it's just it's y'all are really doing the most on the internet. Um but you know what, before we even get into that, let's let's do a shout out to all our listeners, man. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, you know, just being with us, uh still sticking with us. Um I know Mike, you know, usually had the metrics, but I I don't know if we pulled them up tonight, did we? No, okay, no, nah, it's cool, man. But hey, man, we appreciate everybody across the globe that's rocking with us. Um, and then, as always, feel free to always stop by our social media to drop us a line at our Facebook at, at FYF Pod. Um, you can hit us up on our email address, FYFPod at gmail.com. Um, this whack ass phone number that nobody don't listen to the voicemail uh, it is 813 644 9606. So, again, appreciate y'all still sticking with us and uh, tuning in to the episodes that we drop. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the riverboat, right? I mean, <laughs> realistically, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen at least 15 videos, some with music in the background. People done got, you know, all kind of dances and gifs and memes and, you know, great content got created. Um, but, you know, well, in a real, on a real cool. serious note, yeah, I I'm mean, I, I'm sure I they have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw one dude, he had a little video with the folding chair, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, some I, I've seen people like reenact it, like if it was like an actual uh, comedy skit um, and, and legitimately, you know, try to recreate it. Uh, right, for, for our I viewers mean, who aggressively avoid the news, why don't you just tell everybody what happened? Oh, let's start. Oh, before you do it. Um, what we're talking about is the Montgomery Brawl, a.k.a. Fade in the water. <laughs> Like with the Negro spirituals. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm terrible at recapping, right? But I, I'll do my best. Long story short, um, at a riverboat walk in Montgomery, Alabama, there was an incident where um, actually almost, it looks like a ferry boat that was trying to park mm -hmm. um, on the side of the, uh, on the dock. Um, the Harriet. Was being blocked. The Harriet. Yep. Thank mm -hmm. you. The, the Harriet. 
um, was being blocked by a, um, a pontoon boat uh, by some individuals that were fully aware that their boat was parked inappropriately in the wrong spot. Um, a gentleman who was on the clock, hardworking black man, uh, asked multiple times. What would you say? He was first mate. First mate. First mate. Asked multiple times to, you know, have the boat uh, removed or, you know, to be placed in a an appropriate spot so the Harriet could park. Um, no one came to remove the boat after he repeatedly requested the owners of the boat to relocate it. And so he took it upon himself to uh, unravel the boat from the dock and gently, very gently, pushed it further down the dock such that the Harriet could park. This caused a... Uh, chain reaction of white people, angry white people, angry drunk white people to, um, you know, put their athletic skills to the test and sprint down the the the, the ramp and the dockside to um, jump, essentially jump this this man that was just doing his job, literally doing his job. Um, first, it started out seems like a, a very passionate conversation. Um, but from there, it one thing led to another. Um, yeah, it's got tall. Yep. A man with no shirt swung on him. He then took it upon itself to clock out by throwing his hat and <laughs> they started going at it. Um, as soon as they started going at it, multiple men with no shirts on that were white uh, began to jump in. And, and women. And women. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, I don't. Did, did you really see the woman throw? Oh, OK. All right. I mean, yes. she did. You know, because I was I, at one point I felt bad because someone was getting molly like real bad. Um, but now that I know that, okay, thank you for for that uh, clarification. Um, but long and behold, you know, our, our our faithful brothers and sisters in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, rose to the call and 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 stood in to try to help this brother. Um, that which then became the uh, free WWE WrestleMania of uh, niggas versus six white people, and. Let's just say it did not fare out for those six white individuals that decided to uh, jump my man that was doing his job. So that's a that's a small recap. But I, I encourage anyone and everyone who hasn't seen the video to please go check out the video. All right. Y'all, Keith told that very brand gumbo like, we whooped these crackers ass. Let me tell y'all. So basically, (laughs) (laughs) these sauce teams thought they got the best of us, but no, baby. The spirit of Harriet Tubman, uh, Nat Nat Turner, all of them jumped. Man, we whooped these crackers ass. We hit them with a chair. We One brother swam to them. Y'all got to go watch that. No, he was telling the very politically correct, and I appreciate that. But y'all, we whooped they ass. Y'all got to go see that. If y'all want to see that, Y'all, first, I, I, I challenge the viewers, go watch a video of a black person getting hosed in the 60s by a white person. Then go back mm-hmm. and watch us whoop their ass on that dock in the 2023. And it's going to make you proud. It, you might cry. I don't know. It's that beautiful. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I was hitting up my buddy. He's uh, I like to call him my, uh, my undercover communist in Lake County, next county over me, very, very conservative county. And he's a white guy, and I asked him, so you know, what what are the locals saying about this? Apparently they ain't saying shit. Cause uh I think on this one they just gonna have to hold the L because it was open and shut case. They uh fucked around and found out. But you and know they charge all the I, white I people and one black man, I think. Hey, that's yeah. just because he hit that leg with that chair while she well, was on Yeah, dude. I mean, he, 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 was, he, he was wrong for that. He was wrong for that. It was funny, but he was wrong for that. I'm a hog. <laughs> 
I was like, damn, dude, she was already out. Like, and he hit her hard too. Yeah, you can't do that. Um, but you know what, bro? Something that popped in my head, like as I'm watching this, I was like, you know, you know, but you know, black power, you know, yes, like very happy that 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 we retaliated and and, and came together to de- to defend someone who was uh under duress. However, I'm actually concerned, man, because like usually, you know, back in the day when shit like this happened. The clan get together, white people get together, and the next thing you know, they got a whole massive riot. And I just hope the brothers and sisters of, of Montgomery are, are well prepared. And uh, there's too many niggas with guns now. That shit ain't happening. Okay, it's a lot. And, of and, and if that's the case, very black. True, true. But you know what? And that's a you know, I mean, not to spearhead us into a different conversation, but black people buying guns is sort of a kind of a new thing. I feel like you know, growing sure, up. Sure. Yeah, George Floyd changed a lot. It did. George Floyd mm-hmm. changed a lot. So, and and you know, this is not. Again, I I am by all means, I'm a Christian, right? I love God. I love the Lord. Even though I, I talk a lot of shit, you know, I, I I crack jokes. I'm always gonna say I'm a nonviolent person, right? I do not promote violence. However, I do not also agree with letting someone whoop your ass. And so, this is a, a PSA to anybody that still walks around with a lot of hatred and racism in your heart. Um, niggas are tired of it, period. And so do not think that you can cross that line and not get checked. So and, and I think that's one of the things that kind of make this a little bit more of a catharsis than, than it otherwise could have been, because you know, in, in 2023, this could have gone a lot of different ways. All it would take was somebody to I'm, I'm afraid for my life and just start shooting it. This is one of the few times in recent memories where you see just the old school fist fight. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. Like, you can't die from getting hit in the side of the head, fall down, and, you know, bust your skull open or like that. But, uh, you know, this was this was old school. This was an old school brawl, old school beat down. You know, you got your licks. You know, you took the L, and that's going to be the end of it, you know, barring justice system type kind of stuff. But, you know, this doesn't... This, this, some people talk, oh, it's race war. It's like, no, nah, this was... Just like uh, what, what's his name, Jason Aldean said, um, tried in a small town. Well, they tried it in a small town. It didn't work out for him. And I, and I think because there wasn't any kind of escalated violence, that you know everybody can just kind of take away from this what they want instead of it being some kind of big tragedy. Because I don't think anybody got like seriously injured except for you know some real busted up prides. That's what Charlie. Yeah. I also I'm sure think that lady that... in the red dress had a concussion though. She, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. He didn't have to hit her, even though I laughed three times at it. He didn't have to do that. <laughs> she was already yeah, well, down, and he was wrong for that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I donated. Top yeah. I put $20 on his GoFundMe, but you was wrong, sir. You should not, not have done yeah. that. But I do want to say, too, for all the Caucasians <laughs> out there, I think this actually was a new normal, a new precedent, because you got to remember, and I have a good friend. It's so ironic. A week ago, I rode on her pontoon boat. She just brought one. You don't see a lot of black people going down to Bass Pro Shop buying no pontoon boat. You don't. But right. me and my husband are in the camping business. It's not a whole lot of black people camping, but we're starting to. Last year, two brothers won the cornhole competition. We're starting to do stuff. Because remember, white people, we're good at everything. It don't matter what you what you taking as your own. We're good at everything. So we're going to start infiltrating these spaces, doing things. I mean, honestly, the things that you think that are yours, that you adopted as your culture, we're just going to come in and be good at it. So be okay with us being there 
or find something else to do because I personally feel like this is the new normal. We're going to start showing up at camp. What else do white people like? Y'all like, what they be liking? I'll, y'all like hardcore. cornhole. Hiking, hiking. Y'all like, yeah, even like you I saw. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that Shamar Moore actually was part of that cornhole championship team for this year? So we got another black cornhole winner. Yeah. I saw two brothers win last year, and them, and them good old boys was mad as hell. They was pissed off. But, hey, we here. We went in. We went in dark competition, axe throwing. We're just good mm-hmm. at everything. So don't stop that racist stuff because we're coming, and we're showing up, and we're camping, and we're enjoying ourselves. And and that I, I can confess this to this podcast. I didn't tell anybody. Well, my friends know. I don't know if I told you, Mike. I can confess this here and now that this year I, after 20 years of not getting into any fist fights, I actually got into a fist fight with a racist white woman this year. Oh, wow. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed. And I was ashamed till I saw all them people fight on the boat because I'm 41 and you don't want to be fighting. But the lady was Long mm-hmm. story short, the lady was racist, um, and it happened at a middle school, and I ain't got no damn kids. That's a long story short. But that's a whole other topic no, for another uh, day. Sorry, pause, 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 yeah, pause. Yeah, we, we would like to We story. need to go there. We, yeah, like, we, were, we, in, we, we, were, we were invited by- Play by play. We're very, in our neighborhood, there's a lot of kids. We, we don't have kids here, but we're very, we got a dog they love, and we're, you know, we decorate our house. We're kid-friendly people. So the neighbor's kids, they love mm-hmm. us. So they invite us to things they have. So the one little boy that we're very, we love him to death. He invited us to his um, recital. So we went to watch him play. This lady was acting crazy. Long story short, she was acting crazy behind us. She was, she was acting crazy with her kids, other parents. She was just acting crazy. So then my husband, he turns back and tells her, hey, you know, I can't really hear the show. Do you mind being quiet? You know, she starts to go off on him. I can't let you just cuss mm. my husband out. That's crazy. And you white. And I think you're turning it up because you're a white lady and he's a black man. I think you're turning it up because you think that yep. he's not going to do anything. So he got a wife right. here. So I'm going I'm going back and forth with her. Don't talk to him. Talk to me. We're going back and forth. And she calms down a little bit talking to me. She leaves and she says something. She calls me a black bitch and she says something about race. Something Ooh. racist. Now I was wrong. But when you call me a black something and you white, I did follow her. I should not have necessarily done that but i wanted to hear i wanted i wanted her to repeat what she had to say if the if the law is listening it wasn't a fighter it was to listen to what she had to say and then when i follow her out the auditorium she's calm she's very calm and she's talking to me then my husband comes out to check on me she turns up again because he's there and then she like points at his face with her cell phone and then she kind of hits him in the forehead with her phone and then you know i don't know how long it's been since you've been in the fight but once he, she hit him in the f- head with a phone then I just saw black and it was just like we fighting and let me tell y'all that she she a Russian bitch she could fight now now I'm not finna lie that bitch could, she was, it was like Rocky when he was fighting that Russian I was like oh shoot. She, she hit me in the side of my head I said oh shit wake up this bitch you need to wake up and get in, in the fight so cause she can fight and um, she didn't get the best of us though cause I, I, I still look cute when I left I had my purse and everything yeah, I still look nice. I had my last. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was hitting her. Mm. So I'm reminiscing. But basically, when it was all said and done, the police came. They didn't charge anybody. Nothing happened. It was racially, it was racially motivated so bad to the point where parents and other kids were sitting there wanting to write a witness statement for us. 
because they wow. saw what she did wow. and how she was acting. But everybody, and the bad part, y'all, is I watch all these Karen videos on TikTok and I'm like, I wish that happened to me. I was walking around hoping that happened to me. And then when it happens, you really don't know what you're about to do. Because I told myself I was going to do so many different things when it happened. Like, I'm sure on that boat, that man had no intentions of fighting nobody that day. He just wanted mm-hmm. to park his boat. But when somebody of an is racially provoked and somebody hits you, I guess. And after that, I felt so violated as a black person on a serious note. Y'all got to understand when somebody of another race touches you physically, it's already bad when you're an adult and somebody touches you. You're not prepared. It's like, you don't know what you're going to yeah. do as an adult. But imagine if it's racially motivated. But we're not in jail and we good. You know, that's the silver lining, you know. But but the lady, though, um, and then we got a letter saying that we couldn't come to the schools in the area unless the <laughs> principal said. And I'm oh, like, wow. I don't even have any fucking kids. Like, why? <laughs> but the lady got the same letter. She And she had kids at the school, though. So I'm just saying that, I, and at first I was ashamed of that fight. I was like, I'm 41. This is so terrible. You know, trying to be a professional black woman, this, that, and the third. But then I saw my brothers and sisters. I said, and I see people with some cute shirts on too. And my dad and my brother accused. And I said, you know what? I'm all right. You know, anybody in that situation, you really, like, imagine somebody right now coming and punching you on the back of the head, breaking in your house, and they white. What you about to do? You wouldn't be no punching. You're going to get shot is what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, for real, like, you don't know what you're going to do. So I know I took up some time telling y'all that story. I just wanted to tell y'all that I've been in the same situation, me and my husband, and it was, it's traumatizing as a black person. As much as we're making jokes and memes, just imagine, like, that's like, you never, they were just on a boat trying to have a good time. And now we're fighting? Mm. What? And I think that's what makes this resonate so much with the entire black community. Because the last time we really had a moment like this was, I don't know, what with George Floyd? And that was way worse than this situation. And, you know, this is this is the black community coming together. It wasn't no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's, It's catharsis is what it is. And it's not even it's less about us whipping them white folks ass and more about us coming together to look out for one of our own because we're. Sadly, sure. I was having a conversation about um, about the kind of the the death of Pan Africanism with my mom not too long ago, and but this is one of those times where it's like we about us for once, no reservations. I mean, you had Aquaman swimming across the Alabama River to get in this fight. So so proud of him. And Absolutely. you know what? We as black people, we definitely I feel one of our biggest issues in our community is that we lost our sense of community. And I think that's part of community, us looking out for each other. Like, you got to think about it. I don't know if all of you guys are parents. I'm not. But I will say there was a time when you can tell a child, if you're telling them the right thing, hey, don't do that. Now, if you tell a child, don't do that, they can run and tell their mom. And the mom, depending on what type of mom they got, will run back and tell you, don't tell my child nothing. Don't talk to my child. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always like, I remember, I mean, we we both around the same age. My mama friends could could pop me on my le- my legs or, you know, tell me, hey, don't do that. And they're telling me the right thing. But now it, we're so far away from community. We can't look out for each other. We can't tell each other anything. But to your point, it did give a sense of community for me. And it felt good. So we've been ass as a family. Nothing like it. Interesting. I mean, no, you know, you're you're right. Like, I don't I don't disagree at all. And you know, and I'm sorry that you ran into that incident. Like that, 
That is unfortunate. And it's unfortunate when anybody has to go through something like that, that traumatic, right? That's in your face and you got to handle it in this moment, right? Um, you know, I, I for myself, and I think probably, and I don't want to speak on behalf of your husband, right? But I'm sure in his mind, because we're black men, you have to maintain a level of composure, especially when dealing with white women, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure if he had just raised his voice in the wrong way, Charges. And the police, yeah, yeah, he was gonna get handcuffed that night, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm it thankful. Made a world of difference. I was there. I'm thankful that you, exactly. I'm right. so glad that you were there to be able to, you know, inter, you know, properly, you know, stand up and and interfere for him, you know, such that you could defend his position versus himself, because otherwise, who who's to say how it would have ended up that 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 evening? So. And, and also think about the fact that if you look at the history of an area, a town like Montgomery, who has a lot of deep seated generational racism, uh, the young man, I never got his name that people are calling Aquaman. I like sea mm-hmm. murder, you know, S.E.A. That's hilarious to me. Um, Black Aquaman is what I was calling him for a long time until, you know, I saw sea murder and, uh, you know, Aquaman. Well, anyway, um, if think about the things I think about myself. Uh, I think about the stories that I've heard from my great uncles, from my grandmother, um, and you know some of the stories even from I never heard it from my great grandmother, but the just the history of race relations and issues that they've had. So this young man, I believe he's 16 years old. Think about the stories that he hears on a consistent basis, and the amount of times that he has had to say, "I wish that would happen to me. I bet that wouldn't happen to me," and. That day, his number was called, you know, he swam and then he hit some some ultra combos. I had never seen anything like that before in my life. But anyway, but but in all seriousness, this is not just a this felt more like a culmination of issues that have occurred in that city. Um, Where where was the the water shortage in Alabama recently? I know. uh, No, that was Mississippi. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, you think about Jackson, Mississippi. Think about Jackson, but anyway, but they say I, that family I don't, does I, it I, every year. They say every year yeah. that family, oh, really? the white family, does it. Yeah, they say they do that every year. Oh wow, they, they park there and knowing they're not supposed to. Oh, no, so they, there you go, there you go. So they knew at some point it was going to bubble. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a dare. It's it's a dare. It's a transgression against the order. Saying I dare you to try to put me in my place because you know what your place is supposed to be. Right. And right. somebody finally called him because what was going on, the first mate, he actually, I read some more of the story. Apparently the the, the Harriet was sitting out in the water for like 40 minutes before another commercial boat came, picked right. up the first mate, another employee. They went out to the dock and they had moved, I think, three or four other boats. Because, I mean, you know, if, if you're a boater, you know, you don't really want to touch other people's stuff. But moving a boat is just you untie it from the dock, move it down and you retire and you're good to go. But and that's when the confrontation started. So, you know, I, I could definitely see that being a yeah, you know, you're not gonna touch our stuff. Yeah, man. Again, it's 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 unfortunate. It could have been avoided. Um, but at the same time, again, I'm I'm glad to see to to Ebony's point, um, our people rally, right? Rally and and defend one another. Um and, and and hopefully that continues to happen, right? And not just in the in the version of a fight, right? Like I mean, you know, Mike mentioned obviously you know different state and city, but 
you know, when, when, when we as a people are under whatever oppression, right, whether it's a, um, a racial tension or a, a natural disaster, whatever the case may be, that our community will, will start to lean on each other and come together um, and, and help one another versus, you know, sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, talk bad about our community, but it's, 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 you know, there are portions of our, um, our, our community that where we're, we, we can sometimes have a, a crabs in the barrel mentality where, you know, we don't necessarily want to see one another rise or above. Um, and so, you know, I, I look forward to the days where that starts to diminish and then moments like this in a more positive light, right? Not in a just ass kicking, you know, come, come together, kumbaya, but in other areas uh, or platforms, we could come together and lift and lift each other up. So, but um, that was actually a question I kind of wanted to ask Ebony, you know, you mentioned that you and your husband have a business outdoors related. Um, Would you say that the biggest barrier has been necessarily like your white folks or other folks being like, Oh, you know, this isn't your space. It's not where you're supposed to be. Or is it the, from our community, Black people don't go camping. Black people don't play cornhole. Black people don't this, that, and the other. Like, which would you say has been the most difficult for for growing what you're trying to do? I think from our community, definitely our community, um, having uh, preconceived notions about camping. Because me and my husband, I mean, we're definitely blackity black, black, black. Honestly, camping with us is like family reunion. You know, we're playing spades. We're playing dominoes. We listen to Frank and Beverly. We we might be throwing horseshoes and cornhole, but we are definitely bar- we definitely making grilling ribs. We're definitely we eating good, definitely eating good. Um, and so there's a there's this preconceived notions about camping. Um, we actually have our family very big into it, and if you met my parents, you'd be shocked. But we're taking them camping Thanksgiving this year because we took them Thanksgiving. We did took the whole family camping for Thanksgiving two years ago, and they lo- they still talk about it to this day. Um, just getting them RVs and getting them out there. And it's just, um, once you get past the preconceived notions about camping, yeah, I mean, you'll see that we, we do everything. Honestly, black people were the first campers. The hell you thought Harriet and them was doing when they was running away. You thought they got a hotel? No. Um, (laughs) they had to figure out where they were at. They had to live off the land. I mean, I don't think people really put into context traveling, by foot from the south to the north like do you know how far that is like do you know where you have to stop you have to stop and you have to know the land you have to know for us camping is bringing it back to for me it was my grandmother but you can go even further back really I mean with knowing what plants to eat versus what plants not to eat knowing when it's about to rain by smelling like you can smell when it's about to rain knowing where to set up shelter things like that Mm -hmm. so um, and I don't know where this world is going. So I'm trying to get my people more into it. Cause I think we need to know stuff like that. Cause I'm going to tell you, you getting caught in certain situations, knowing how to use a computer, not going to help you if you don't know how to build a fire, but that's just how that's I feel fact. about it. You know, and we had, Are you, right? you know, girl scouts, boy, if you were in boys, whatever you were in, I mean, I was in the church girl scouts, it was hood, but we was in there. And we was camping <laughs> and we were doing stuff with them. That's one thing I can say about when I was in church. It gave me gave us a sense of community. It did. I can't lie about that. We really did. So, you know, I mean, but to answer your question, that was a long answer to a short question. But it's the black people. Because once you get out there, um, funny Thanksgiving, our food smelled so good. 
pilgrims would not leave us alone. They would not stop coming by. They kept saying, and we finally had to give them a plate. We was like, okay, you, you can have a plate. Wow. Not too much. Don't get heavy handed, but you can have a plate. Cause my, uh, my, my father-in-law had grilled a wild boar and we had all kind of meat, you know? Wow. So they came over, they kept saying, it smells mighty good. I bet, I bet it does smell better than whatever you got going on over there. But, but they kept coming by and they do it every time we can. They come by. We love the music. Um, how long do you guys yeah. think? They're, they're very interested to know probably how the hell we got out there. But they're very, very friendly, you know, on a topical level. Right. I'll say that. I mean, and you know what? Like everything you just said, I, I resonate with. Um, but let's let's start at the end. Do you feel like by seeing seeing you and your husband and your family out there, um, there's a there's a common ground now because see I, I I tell people all the time, a lot of people want to make the division amongst black and white you know so polarizing but I keep telling people like dude we we actually like the same shit like I mean truly it, like if you're an American now again like black people are on the spectrum you know we come from you know obviously different countries all together um, you know and then if you're still tied you know if you still have ties to your, your 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 nation that you know your 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 ancestors come from then by all means you're, you're going to have different you know culture characteristics but if you truly like you know from you know your people were slaves and came from the plantation and born in the south and you know like we all like the same shit so like do you feel like by seeing you and your family in that space was there an opportunity to bridge the gap and bring in you know not to say that you had to befriend them and y'all become best friends and now y'all camp all the time, but maybe there's now a different perspective of blacks and it's like, Hey, you know what? They're not that different than what we do as, as a family as well. Um, I'm asking, sorry. No. Yes. But it wasn't just for us. Like we like to camp on um, Jekyll Island. It's kind of outside of Savannah. It's the beach. When we were out there, there was Hispanic people and they food smelled good as fuck. I'm sorry. It smelled better than ours. And they had all, they had like a whole pig roasting. They had it. They were out there. There was an Asian family out there. They were fishing. They, and they, I'm sorry. They can cook. They had, they were cooking. I think seeing a melting pot of people outside living off the land. And I'm sorry, but like Asian people, when it come down to what they're taught in terms of fishing and cooking and what they do with their food, um, they're very, very good at it. Like, I don't know if you ever go on TikTok or YouTube and see like Asian women catching fish with like leaves. I don't know, but they're good at it. They're very good at it. But they were out there when we were in Jekyll Island and they were, uh, and I think Caucasian people seeing a melting pot of people. I think it's beyond black and white, like you said. I think seeing everybody out there, minding their business, enjoying their family, eating the food from their culture, but we just outside. We're outside like y'all. Y'all don't, you don't monopolize camping. We can come camping too. You know what right. I mean? I think it was seeing everybody out there and fellowshipping with everybody. Cause we are the type, we not shy. Oh, you got basil, fresh basil. Can we get some? We'll give you some. I don't know. We got some crackers. You want some? I don't know. <laughs> like we'll we're bartering, bartering with people. Cause camping community is kind of like um, I don't know how to describe the community. Everybody kind of looks out for everybody, I guess. You understand? Like if mm-hmm. I don't have enough firewood, it doesn't matter you know, what your skin tone is. If I say, hey, we're low on firewood. Oh, we got a couple right here. I think everybody's trying to look out. It's that, it's another community kind of like that. And I can't think of what it is, but it's that type of community. 
where everybody's kind of looking out for everybody. That's awesome. I'm trying to think no, of something it. else I like that. It. I'm just, I'm really curious as to what that's going to look like in the next 10, 20 years, because, um, you know, in the United States, at least, I don't know how it is in other countries, um, public investment in the National Forest Service, um, public lands, upkeep, that kind of stuff has been very uncontroversial, I think, because it's traditionally been a white thing. Like, you, you go out camping, you go hiking out west on uh, BLM lands and that kind of stuff. You saw white people. But now if it's becoming much more multicultural, like you say, and um, not necessarily that everybody has to conform to the exact same standards of behavior and everything like that, but when people bring in the diversity of how we behave and how we take care of things, like, I wonder if that's going to change some people's minds on, well, how much public funding do we really want to put to this if we can't enjoy it the way we want to all the time? Like, you know, not, not to be pessimistic about it, but I mean, we've seen, no, you look point. at uh, the, the current attack on public education. You know, back in the 50s when public education got off the ground and it was just for, you know, a portion of the country, oh, we're going to we, we gonna make something out of our public education system. Now they're trying to dismantle it because everybody's in there and we don't want to spend money on educating people that we don't agree with. I'm That's really true. curious to see how this is going to evolve. I, I hope that it doesn't go that way, but uh, we'll see. As long as we don't help their argument, because there still is campground etiquette. You still got to pick up your yes. trash. Music has to be off at a certain time. I hate to say this about my people, and I only noticed it when we go to other countries. But sometimes <laughs> we tend to, I don't know what's going on with this new generation. We tend to go places that are sacred or holy or you're supposed to act a certain way. And we think we can act however we want to act. Then that limits whether they want us to even be involved with it or not. And it's only a few. It's not a representation of all of us. It's only the few that happen, well, to, ca- they happen to catch on camera. So I'll say with camping, as long as the few that may come in and just decide they want to do whatever they want to do, don't come in and do that will be fine. But as you, I don't know if you all have seen it, but I've seen some of our people go to other countries or even how they acting at the airport. Some people, it's not all of us, but how some people act at the airport. It's kind of like, nigga, we flying. Like why? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what <laughs> we in the air. Like, don't you want to be safe? Don't you want this to be? I don't understand. Like we in the air, like this is not like the mega bus. And this is why, and I'm going to whisper it to y'all because I don't want everybody you to You tried to make a bus. <laughs> I be- no, I was going to say, I believe in just a teaspoon of respectability politics, but that's just between me and us. Just a teaspoon. Oh. <laughs> just a teaspoon because I do believe we need to bring back shaming a little bit. I don't know why we don't like you know this. I believe in that. Shaming. Yeah. So I say a teaspoon. And if y'all want to jump for me, I don't give a damn. Why y'all got on thongs at the airport? Why y'all doing that? Why y'all time and place why y'all why y'all don't get time and place i'm sorry i'm going on my own tangents now i don't understand it <laughs> it's a certain way to ask depending on where you at but hopefully with camping no one comes in and wants to act told you know respect disrespect the campground to where they're like oh this is why we didn't want them camping i hope it's not that type of situation would be I nice mean- no, you're right. And and I'm glad you said it. And and, to, and you're right. Like, I mean, the boundaries that we used to have in place in society, to me, have just been totally t- torn down. And too many people feel way too comfortable doing things 
in a public setting. Like I could, I could only imagine, I'm sorry, my mind just went there. Um, but in my head, I'm thinking it's just a matter of time before, um, you know, the only fans people start going to the campground and then now they recording whole sessions. Right. And so while you trying that. to I do your, they, they do that. Oh, they, oh, they already doing that. Okay. They're already there. They just don't look like us right now. So it's not a problem. So, you know what I'm saying? But like to that, to your point, like, you know, you could be in some sacred national forest and, you know, you, you trying to, you know, instill, uh, you know, skills and qualities of, of, you know, outdoor living and all that. And then you turn to your right and then, you know, it's like a, a weird ass orgy, you know, happening, you know, a hundred feet next, next to you. Like I, we don't, we don't, the boundaries to, to me are, are just totally gone, you know, and, I get freedom of speech. I get like, you know, people wanting to express themselves. I understand all that. But to your point, there's a time and place for everything, right? Like, let's not and act free, like freedom we were, of speech we also raised, means, right? Yeah, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to say that freedom of speech, people forget. It also means you got the right to shut the fuck up. Like, you don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. Like, freedom of speech means I can talk or I can shut up. And, and I think people think that as that we can just talk. Exactly. But you don't have to. Normally, the first thing that comes to your mind is the wrong thing to say anyway. So it's okay to think things through or think how you move. But I agree with you, like certain things have become a free for all. So I hope I don't look to my right and see an orgy because I'm going to throw hot water because why? I just came out here to look at the goddamn stars. Why? This is why I believe in a teaspoon. Uh, y'all, y'all, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the only one. If you paid a lot of money to go on a luxury vacation, do you want Ratchery right next to you? I'm just being I, I now answer that. Am I the only one? Nope. No, no, you're, you're not the only no. one. And, and you know, let's go historical. Lorenzo's our history buff. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King, you shame me. Y'all don't have a problem with it back then. He showed white people how they was doing wrong <laughs> and they felt for it. Yeah. Let's talk well, about PragerU, you know, Lorenza, so they won't feel shame anymore. Tell us about well, PragerU. You know, PragerU is, is the curriculum in Florida now, so before too long, all these dumbass kids down here are going to think that slavery was a benefit. And uh, so, and don't get me started on that. But um, that's why I'm actually glad that people like you are out there running this camping business, because when you think about like the origins of the kind of, um, well, what's, what's the what's the phrase? Um, leave nothing but um, foot take nothing but memories and leave nothing but footprints, something like that. Is, mm-hmm. is that how the phrase mm-hmm. goes? Yes. Like that culture around outdoorsmanship and camping and the scouts and all that kind of stuff, that wasn't even always a thing in this country. And that came from a, a group of dedicated people. It was a subculture. It wasn't just all white people. It was a subculture of them that really became environmentalists and appreciators of the natural world and the preservation of it. You know, and that's kind of where the, the environmentalist movement sprouted from back in what the 70s the 60s and the 70s was those people that really cared about it so i mean you 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 look now at uh the issues of over tourism overseas and even here where people just go and trample everything you go out to the um, the deserts out west and there's the people that make a big deal about uh don't bust the crust the um the forget what the name of it is but basically they have very sensitive environments where if you go off the trail you destroy the natural environment just by walking on it and it's like, I think a lot of this stuff where you have people that come into this fresh and they kind of mess it up is because, number one, they don't know. And number two, they haven't been given an appreciation um, for how fragile these these ecologies are, because it's like, you know, you go in and you overfish it 
or you're constantly walking, you compact the soil and nothing can grow there, that kind of stuff. A lot of people just don't know and don't have appreciation because you don't teach it in public school. And unless you were in those scout circles, nobody would ever tell you. Then, you know, they might just point to a sign, but nobody has like internalized, like this is how you preserve the natural world that you enjoy. Because environmentalism is a dirty word nowadays in 2023. Well, I mean, you're right. Not even. No, the only thing I was going to ask was when I was in school, I didn't have that either. But I had a grandmother that lived in the country. Um, I had a grandfather that had his own chickens that I watched kill a chicken. You know, uh, that I watched. My grandfather's parents had a whole field of okra tomatoes. They had a beautiful garden. Um, and then we didn't have cable. But we was watching Young and the Restless Price is Right or My Grandmama Snap Peas. That's pretty much the only thing you could do. And on Fridays, we go to Blockbuster. That's it. But I'm just saying those were the best days of my life if I reflect back on it and I have to ask those of you that are parents if you know they're not going to get it in school necessarily are you using your community to make sure they get it because I got it from my grandma I'm not going to lie I didn't get it from school it wasn't going to happen I learned how to fish from my grandfather going to the marsh in Savannah we didn't go I didn't learn in school you know I'm just asking this the ones that are parents do you feel that's important I mean, as a as a parent, I do feel like it's important. Now, to your point, um, now, even though my folks are country, we we're not like at least for the last two generations, we haven't been in the country. And and what I was going to say earlier in that regard, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, like I'm not going to take any, anything away from slavery. Slavery was extremely bad. But when I think about Reconstruction, right, like Reconstruction you saw a lot of blacks exit the South, go into, you know, very remote areas and build cities and live on the land and, you know, produce their own crops and produce their own, you know, way of life. And then, but ironically, none of these cities are still standing, right? You know, unfortunately, is it ironic? the country itself, no. well, it's, 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 I mean, it's not ironic, right? I mean, it's, I actually expect it, right? It's, and it's, it's systematic, right? Because, by going in and destroying those communities that, you know, had that knowledge, right, had that knowledge of cultivating the land and being able to sustain life on their own, what what they did was they forced them back towards the plantation or back towards the city. And then, like, when you know, when the Industrial Revolution happened, you know, now you're starting to see a lot of people congregate around the city. Well, you know, they need, you know, factory workers. They need people to, you know, be in the city and do that lower, le- you know, that lower level of labor. Um, and so that's where we all kind of kind of got forced back into a, um, a a non-agricultural environment. Right. And so for 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 many generations, like going into the 1900s, now you're starting to see more and more blacks be, you know, more entwined to the larger metropolitan areas and lose that knowledge. Right. Lose that knowledge of how to cultivate land, how to live off the land and, and how to be self-sustaining. Um, and so to answer your question is, I mean, I, I didn't grow up with that. Right. I grew up in the city. I mean, now, again, my my people are from um, I grew up in Tampa, but, you know, my people from Valdosta, Georgia, Montgomery, Alabama, um, you know, and my granddad. I don't know about the, you know, snapping chicken necks and doing all that, but I know he used to pick cotton when he was a, when he was a, a young boy and had to drop out of school with a sixth grade education. And then he became a self-taught mechanic and a longshoreman as a, as a crane operator. But again, like to that to that point, we all grew up in the city, right? So then now I got to go back multiple generations to even try to capture that knowledge. So again, seeing someone like yourself in this space that's willing to you know take others out and teach them these things, 
I, I find it fascinating. And again, I'm serious. Like I would, I would love to, you know, not only um, embark upon that, that, that avenue, you know, with, with you and your husband, but also, um, you know, invest into your business to see it grow, to be able to cultivate that knowledge more within our community. Well, I find this very fascinating. I'll, I'll, you know, just a little bit about me. I've gone glamping with black people before and camping with white people before. So I would be very (laughs) curious to see what the black camping experience is like. Um, I will say I went camping uh, with my youth group many, many years ago and we camped for real, you know, like outside in a tent, sleeping bag, cold. Um, The one thing that I admit that I did not do is uh, some of our non-melanated brethren opted to bathe in the stream. Uh, I was not going to do that. So mm-hmm. you just had to kind of deal with me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kept my activity minimal and just, you know, keep your distance. Just know as soon as I got back home, I was going to shower. But back to what you were saying, Keith, that that is kind of one of the differences depending on where you went to school. Me, you know, I'm from a small town and my town, my hometown, we actually took an agricultural class at school. So by the time I left middle school, I knew how to farm. I knew how to plant. And as a matter of fact, we put those things into practice. My mom and I started a garden at my grandmother's house. I learned how to use power tools. As a matter of fact, our school was so country. I actually, we actually saw how to, uh, they would actually, they showed us how to kill quails, you know, and to, you know, call it violent, whatever you want, but I actually saw that at school. So these were things. Now, you know, my dad is from a smaller town or town relatively that size. So growing up for me, I learned uh, about fishing, you know, crabbing, you know, that sort of thing. We did that sort of thing a lot. I actually used to do fishing derbies as a kid in Georgia. So, and and in terms of just manual labor type things, um, I'm not handy nearly like my dad, but, you know, things that we've put in, you know, my dad, my dad has a, has a barn in the back of his house. And I felt like he woke up one day and said, we're going to turn this into an apartment. And he did. I've seen those so like, you know, we put, Yeah, nice. dad did that. We put we put the windows in, the toilets, all this stuff. I mean, obviously the insulation, he did a combination of a foam and um, fiberglass. So we had to pay someone to do that and stuff and the electric work. But yeah, a lot of the, the manual stuff he did on his own. So a lot of those skills are still there. I guess it's just a different perspective. You know, like even now my parents have, they have livestock and they do bartering and trading and, and that sort of thing to get different animals in and out. So a lot of those skills are still there. A lot of us, we're, we're still doing it um, specifically with the black farm community. It, it's actually a lot bigger than we probably think at this point. Just my two cents. No, that's great, man. Yeah. I didn't I mean, tell I'm, you, I'm glad but we're. Um... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's a delay a little bit. No, I was just going to tell Mike, I didn't tell you that we're, um, I don't want to talk too much about it because we're in the beginning stages, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to start homesteading. That's what we want. We want a farm. We want cattle. We want horses. We want chickens. But, um, and we've met a community of black farmers here in Charlotte. And you got to remember too, we're not far from North Carolina A&T. They're not just known for their band. It's an agricultural (laughs) university. You understand? So, you know, there's a lot of networking there. Um, so uh, we could definitely get off the topic because we're in the beginning stages, but I just want to let y'all know. I go on the KKK's website once a month to see what they got going on. <laughs> and, I, and I really recommend y'all go on there and look. 
and out because because sometimes they don't wear sheets no more. So I'd be wanting to see you now. You wearing a suit and you proud to be in the clan. Let me see who right. you are. You might work at the store. I need to know. So I'm on their site. Right. They're very big in the growing crops and farming for some reason. They're very big in promoting them to start having their own land. They're pushing for good. When they push for shit, I push for it too. Because I'm like, so why you, why you stocking up on this? Because it must be something you know I don't know. So that's why I'm like, if I got to show my people, if I have to drag y'all through, if you just at least need to know how to make your own fire, you don't have to know everything. Yeah, but just know something because that's what they're pushing. I'm just being honest with you. If you go on their website right now, you're gonna see the narratives they're pushing, and I got to check on them because I don't, I don't. Once a month, go on their website. You can even join. They say you just got to believe that white people are a supreme race, and you can join them if you want to. <laughs> but <laughs> even if you're black, you can join. They say that on their site. <laughs> and you know what's funny? If you go on their site, I know I'm talking about a lot of different things, but I just want to tell y'all, if you go on their site, you know who they, the white women on there, they cannot stand black men. They have a whole podcast called The White Woman's Burden, where they talk about all the things black men got before white women, like black men got the right to vote before white women. They'll talk about that three episodes. They talk about the fact that there was a black president before the white pres- a white woman president, because it was that was the order of things they thought. They thought it was going to be okay, there's white male, then white woman, then black male. But it didn't happen that way because misogyny. And they're pissed right now. They are pissed off. They are mad. I want y'all to know as black people, the war going on right now is between white men and white women. They keep trying to bring us into the group chat. It ain't got nothing to do with us. (laughs) They have promised each other a lot and they have fallen through on their promises over the years. And the biggest thing they did that I saw on their website was when Hillary Clinton didn't become president after Barack Obama. That was supposed to happen next. They're supposed to get they won, and they didn't get they won. Go on, I don't believe, don't listen to me. Y'all go on their website. I'm telling y'all, they got a whole podcast. As we talk on this podcast, it's called the White Woman's Burden. All they do is talk about all the struggles of white women, so many, and they talk about how black men got so much before them, and they are pissed about it. Y'all need to know because they mad at y'all. They ain't mad at me. They don't see me as a threat. They mad at y'all. So y'all watch that. Y'all get an opportunity to <laughs> go look at it. And it, it's, it's so funny because you hear all the discussions and it's like, number one, who denied everybody these rights? So it's like you, you sit exactly. right here mad at black men and you complain into it about white men. Who was the one who denied you the right to vote, have your own credit line, all this kind of stuff. But then kind of like what you just said, um, you know, they're, they're mad at feminism. But then white feminism is not necessarily for all women. <laughs> And no, they're very I'm, explicit I'm not about a feminist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so, definitely so am not a feminist. It's very funny, but but you're right. You know the whole boogaloo movement that the overthrow the government, self sufficiency, militia movement, Aryan movement, white nation, white nationhood, white nationalism, all that stuff. They they've been at that for a while. You know, ever since the Vietnam War and all those people came back and the anti government. Um, types really leaned into that kind of self sufficiency stuff and. I know uh, it's just funny looking at the 2A community, Second Amendment community, gun nuts. Um, <laughs> they They're crazy. Uh, they, they eat stand MREs the every day of, for no reason. <laughs> there's this, uh, there's this, this channel I follow. It's uh, a better way 2A. They're uh, they believe in gun rights for all, and it's run by a couple of white guys. But they get so much hate just for saying that gun rights are human rights so everybody should be able to have you know gay folks trans folks black people asian folks everybody should be able to exercise their own gun they get 
death threats up the wazoo for something as uncontroversial as that, because it was never about the Second Amendment and freedom and all that kind of stuff. It was about me being able to forcefully put my 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 values and my domination over people that don't look like me, who don't think the way I do. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. So now that other but people like we were just talking site. about at the end of it, huh? No, oh, y'all just make sure y'all check that site. I'm telling y'all, <laughs> you find I out so much. Yeah, I would have never thought. All that was to, very uh, curious. Nah, nah, it's that's, it's fine. That's kind of how we do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm taking notes. How to infiltrate the enemy? Okay. There you go. <laughs> they already told you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Oh man. Um, well, as always, you know, our conversations always go off in a tangent, but always in a good way, right? I mean, I think. This episode really uh, touched on a lot of different areas. I know it started out on the the, the hot hot topic of the riverboat, um, you know what's going on in Montgomery, but you know to where it ended, you know, you know minus the uh, going on the, on the KKK website, but uh, you know the the, the direction mm-hmm. it went in, I'm I'm very happy and it was very enlightening. And so, um, Ebony, I appreciate you so much for uh, joining us on this on this episode, and hopefully uh, you're willing to come back and, and do some more with us, like, you know, to shed some more light in, in that, in that space. So, and, and in other spaces. Thank you. You know what? And thank you. And this went by fast and I'm so glad I had something to say about relationships, but we'll talk about that another time. Cause I just want to say, I'm tired of us talking about them, but <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic. I know we had talked about that before we got on. Cause I was going to say, Oh my God, they gave black people the mic and that's, we won't shut the hell up about relationships. God damn. I'm married and I don't even want to talk about being married. Oh my God. It's so much. But one day we'll talk about it because I want us to stop talking about it for real. It's funny you say that. I was listening to a podcast today, as a matter of fact, before we got on and I was, I was just listening to uh, a married person just, you know, quote unquote, drop gems and knowledge. And I was like, you know what? I was, I'm not going to lie to you, Ebony. I don't know if you do this too, or, or Keith, do you do this? I, the, the next thing I'm listening to is how long have you been married? Oh, me, me and such and such, we've been married for a year. And I'm like, holla at me once you hit five. Holla at me, you know, because uh, in the very early edition of our podcast, Keith did a segment called The First Five Years and talked about, mm. you know, a lot of the challenges that people deal with in the first five. And then we have a couple, a friend, a couple, uh, not a couple friends, but a friends that are a couple and they've been, they 25 plus. So, so they say, holla at us once you hit seven. You know what I'm saying? And then once mm. you get past that seven, holla at me once you hit 10. And then let's see where all these things align. You know, and, and like Kendrick said in the Pimp a Butterfly, I know, I know, and I know, but you know what I know? I don't know nothing. So I say, whatever advice you got, that's cool. If it works for you, it works for you. But the longer I'm married, the more, the more qualified I feel to tell you what's going to work for you. No, I feel you. I feel you. And then dynamics of relationships are so different, especially in today's age. Yeah. Um, where it was it was more plain and simple or I don't know. I don't make plain and simple. That's probably the wrong word. But um, gender roles, right? Like in a relationship where, you know, pretty, pretty clear cut, you know, in our parents generation. Now it's it's you know, you got to do what works for you. Right. So but. To, to Ebony's point, that'll definitely be our next topic. Um, even though I know she said she's tired of talking about it. Maybe maybe one last time. It won't be so bad. I don't got know, nothing to say. <laughs> Everybody do what's best for you. That's all I got. 
Right. <laughs> you know, hey. people talk about it to your point, Mike. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, this is, this is no. random because that's what we do sometimes. I, I wanted no, to I was you, say, you talking about a farm. Me. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. And I'm going to come back to the farm. Go ahead. No, the only thing I was going to say about relationships is like uh, the brother said from Love Jones, it's what and with whom you make it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's to it. me, that's it. What works in my household may not work in yours. I know a couple who argue every day and that's keeping them together, that same argument. It ain't going to work here. But <laughs> but for them, that works. People talk about fixing your plate first. I'm like, whoever get the DoorDash first, I don't damn know. We don't know what, what's no. going on. <laughs> it's a, I don't even know right. what y'all are talking about. Like, if, you, if you're if you a married person you in, or in a serious relationship, you know this shit is just a free-for-all every day. We just, we figuring it out as we go along. We don't know. But it's, so it's interesting to right. me to see people try to give advice about some shit you don't know what's going on from day to day. <laughs> you really don't know, but yet y'all give like concrete advice on it. That's all, That's my only thing. I don't get it. But you, you, you're right. It's, it's, it's an everyday struggle. Sometimes, you know, I, I kind of look at it like this every day. There's a pot of work that has to be done and it doesn't really necessarily matter who or how the work gets done, but it has to be done. There's some days, you know, you might cook or some days he might cook or, you know, you have to do these tasks or whatever. It, it happens. It's just, and the people are saying, Oh, that, you know, power to them, but that's just not how my home is set up. I can't talk crazy to my wife and I don't want to talk crazy to my wife. You know, I, I don't I don't force her or I want her to do anything and she doesn't do the same thing for me. But like we said, every day you get up, somebody gotta cook. Some you know, you gotta eat. So I mean, you know, what you gonna do? But anyway, and hey, I know you I know about, your wife what? and I know you don't want to talk crazy yeah. to your wife because the day I get a call saying collect call from, right. I already know what you <laughs> said. <laughs> Listen. I'm already accepting my good sis call, like girl, what did he do? I, she got bail money. I'm, I'm Don't say nothing. Kind of Just be quiet. Okay. She, she does. She does. <laughs> I mean, I'm, she, she does. And that's, that's the thing. You know, I would catch it on both sides. Both. Let me tell you. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember I remember when I didn't have a job. It was one of the hardest periods of my life. You know, really stressed me out. And I'll tell you how my family is set up. So my grandma called me. I love my grandma. My grandma go hard. My grandma said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. She said, uh... I know you're not going to spend all day looking for jobs. So what else you doing? You cook? The least you can do is cook. She went to work all day. You wash clothes? I said, yes, man. And I mean, I was on that anyway, but that's just kind of the, the the mindset that I have. You know, my dad, when my dad retired, it was a little challenging for him at times, but he told me, he said, son, work is work. You know, it, work work doesn't have, you know, a gender or, or any of those things. It's work. So you handle it. Oh, but I was going to say, check this out. I know you were talking about a farm. Have you ever seen a black chicken? Y'all look this up. It's black, like blackity black, like black, black. Mm-hmm. It's a, <laughs> I'm going to have to look it's it a up. Breed I've been of... looking at goats all week, but I have to look at the chickens. All right. And, and, and I got to ask about this. If you had a black chicken, which has black meat, is it racist to kill it and eat it? You know what? Um, to our listeners, I'm so thankful that y'all actually tune in um, to our podcast because, um, yeah, not I mean, me, I'm, me I'm not going to answer, answer that question. Hmm. What's your oh, answer? Do, do you have a you have an answer? I'm not eating no, I black don't. chicken. I don't feel right about it. Um, but anyway, just a quick circle back before you wrap. <laughs> Keith, you asking you were asking about the numbers. Everybody, just want to say thank you. Um, 
shout out to those of you all who do listen. We have been pretty consistent recently. We've dropped two episodes in the last uh, three weeks or so. We dropped uh, episode 21 CPU on July 22nd, uh, episode 22, uh, August 4th, which is, you know, whenever you hear this, wasn't that long ago. And just want to show some love to the people who are supporting our show that we're able to see. We can't always see the aggregate data, but I can give you what we have. Uh, over the last two episodes since uh, the beginning of July up to now, uh, most of our downloads have come from the United States, but we want to give a shout out to that one person in Spain who showed us love. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, in terms of the United States, I'm just going to name some states. Uh, shout out to the state of Florida, Maryland, D.C., Texas. I see you, Keith. Uh, Massachusetts, Virginia, California, Georgia, New Jersey, and Oregon. So y'all, we out here. You know, what That's about the Carolinas, North Carolina, South Carolina? Y'all used to love us. What happened? No I'm I think I'm registered somewhere else, though. Where, where do you listen I'm from? Um, Apple Podcasts? Okay. Spotify. No, I feel Spotify. Okay. I don't know. Do we want to give Ebony a chance to shout out, you know, any socials she wants to, to throw out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so, Ebony. Absolutely. Yeah. So, let's take this time. Um, I mean, if you feel comfortable, you know, shouting out the uh, the business you and your husband have started or any social media you want to throw out in the podcast to show it some love. Um, yes, um, we have a Black Tent Chronicles. We are taking everybody out on a camping day. It was October 14th, but we might change the date for people who wanted to go out. But we are doing a camping day um, close to the Charlotte area for families to come out and camp with us for the day. Um and we have uh, our other website is big underscore art and events um, where we do music bingo. And we also are hosting an art battle September 30th in Charlotte. Um, it's free to enter. There are cash prizes if you're an artist. It's basically an art, art battle. It's three rounds uh, with painters and it's eliminated down to the last painter that's painting right on the spot. I've been to one that's pretty dope um, that we've had in other areas. But we're having one in Charlotte that we're hosting, me and my husband. September the 30th and we're looking for vendors artists and even volunteers who just want to participate so um and then I have my website it's Ebby Wonder where you see my photography you'll see me blogging certain things um um and that's about it and thank you for letting me shout that out absolutely absolutely always want to be a uh, an advocate and promoter of black businesses um wherever they may be especially yours because it's it's doing to me um uh, miraculous work for our community and so definitely want to show it some love all right well this again always a pleasure um low mike uh you know again we'll we'll work through uh dave's ai attack issues and try to get them on for the next episode um ebony you you have been a blessing to our our space and again really Thank looking you guys forward for me. to the to the next time absolutely absolutely and Thank then, uh, you. I had a lot to, to say. Listeners. I was about to talk about my boss. I, I had a lot of shit to talk tonight, but we'll talk <laughs> next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had no, a lot we, to say. we good. We good. I'm about to say last time we'll uh we'll, we'll jot jot it down, and I could try to uh okay. you know orchestrate it in in a way we, we hit everything. But um, but yeah um. Yeah, man. Thank you so much again for uh, being on the show. Uh, thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Um, again, feel free to stop by our social media, uh, our Facebook at FYF Pod, um, or our Instagram at FYF Pod. Um, 
Our email address is fyfpod at gmail.com. And again, for that voicemail that I will not listen to, it is 813-644-9606. Thank you all, and uh, God bless. Until the next time. F your feelings podcast. Statement that's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between. My biggest thing for me as a person is always ask people, can you make your point without disparaging someone else? And deal with that it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of going and, and doing the feel good. Because it's easy to go do the feel good, but it's hard to deal with that it. Everybody always forgets the first part of that amendment about, you know, there being a responsibility that comes along with this right. After 25 and before 25, you know, there's there's a level of clarity, at least, you know, at least I have experienced a level of clarity. Okay, name one. You can't, you can't name one. Spanish-American War, Vietnam, World War One, World War II, Civil War on both sides. Common blood, common kinship, common everything. People who've worshipped alongside each other in church for years. And now all of a sudden have, quote unquote, picked the side.